0: good evening welcome to voice in the wilderness internet radio we are streaming live on the internet from london this show is dedicated to god through our lord jesus christ on tonight's show we'll be studying the subject working as god directs we will be looking at what the bible teaches our guest speaker is based in west virginia United States of America More about our guest after we've heard some music
1: but even winners can get wounded in the fight people say that i'm amazing strong beyond my ears but they don't see inside of me i'm hiding all the tears they don't I drop my sword and cry for just a while for deep inside this armor the water rest. People say that I'm amazing, never face retreat, but they I drop my sword and cry for just a while For deep inside this summer The warrior is a child Drop my sword and look up for a smile. For deep inside this armor, deep inside this armor, yes, deep inside this armor.
0: Working as God directs. We will be studying this subject tonight with Sister Sharon Zizma. Sister Sharon is a Christian health educator in the areas of natural health, diet and nutrition, hydrotherapy, medicinal herbs, and alternative home remedies. She has taught health courses in seven different states in the United States of America and in Germany. Hungary, Serbia and England and currently runs the Beehive Lifestyle Centre in Berkeley Springs. Let's now call Sister Sharon and see if she's available. Hello, good evening, Sister Hello. Sharon. Hello, good evening. You're live on the Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. How are you this evening? Hello? Hello, we seem to have lost Sister Sharon for a moment. Let's give her a minute or two to see if she's going to reconnect. Let's try again, listeners. Hello, Sister Sharon. Hello, can you hear us? Yes. Good evening, once more. You're live on Voice of the Wilderness Internet Radio. We'll start again. How are you this evening?
2: Doing great. I'm doing fine. Thank you. How are you?
0: I'm fine by God's grace. Praise the Lord. We seem to be having a little bit of trouble with reception tonight, but we'll see how it goes by God's grace. Um, Well, tonight, Sister Sharon, we'll be discussing these questions together. What is work? What directions does God give us about work? How has sin affected our work? What reform is needed with work, and how can we practically carry this out? So before we start our discussion this evening, let 's have a word of prayer together. You mind opening the prayer, please, sister Sharon.
2: Yes, our Father in heaven again, we are approaching you because you are. The God of all wisdom, I thank you that you are wisdom and everything that we have comes from you, from your hand. And I ask right now that you will be with us, be with each listener, be with Brother John and be with myself so that, Lord, the words are clearly understood and that I will be able to articulate them in a way that uh, will be pleasing to you. I pray, dear Father, that you'll bring all these things together and that uh, all may benefit from it. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Well, Sister Sharon, starting from the beginning, what is work?
2: Well, work um, obviously is uh, being engaged in physical or mental activity in order to achieve some sort of um, result, which would be work. Uh, Genesis 2.15 says, And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. So work is a, is a labor, as God describes it, uh, mm-hmm. as this in Ecclesiastes 9.10. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do. Do it with thy might, for there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. So he says that it's that which our hand finds to do. Yes. Um, Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. So, in all that we do, we're yeah. serving the Lord. Um, the physical bodies that He made, um, we are to we are but stewards of, yeah. and all the things that we do should find His approval. We should be asking Him, Lord, is this what You would have my hands to do at this time? Is this what You would have me to be thinking on at this time? So all work is about what God has given to mankind in order to uh, cause a development that needs to take place both physically and mentally for mankind. Yes.
0: Yes. I, um, I totally agree. And um, I just thought that I'd share a couple of texts as well. Um, just to add on. Um, and starting again in Genesis, um, chapter 2 and verse 2, and it says, And on the seventh day God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work. Notice again, it says, which he had made. Thus the Bible teaches us firstly that work is something that God had made. Thus we see work is an act of making something. It's it's in from, from what the Scriptures it says. And then... Um, there was another um, two Bible texts that I thought that I'd share Just to add a foundation to the start as well Which you've basically covered um, But just another couple of Bible texts It says Genesis three seventeen, And unto Adam he said Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife And hast eaten of the tree Of which I commanded thee, saying Thou shalt not eat of it Cursed is the ground for thy sake In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life Not that work sorrow. We read in the book of Genesis chapter 5 and verse 29, and he called his name Noah, saying, this same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord have cursed. And so I share those two texts because the first time the Bible uses the word work with relation to man, it defines work as the toil of man's hands. Now here's the interesting part. That same word toil Used in Genesis five twenty nine also means sorrow, and it's used in Genesis mm-hmm. three seventeen. And so I've just mentioned this because obviously, as we know, before sin, work wasn't man's work wasn't. very, he didn't have to toil, but after sin, right. you know, basically, um, the Lord had basically stated that a man needs to work hard. In essence, you see. So I just thought mm-hmm. to interject that. just I just had had um, discovered that in my study. Basically, so um, you know, I um, and even in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus says, "Come unto me, all you that labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest." You see, so so there we see that with labour, it's one needs rest. So work is something that you need rest from. You see, Mm -hmm. and so I, I just want to interject these texts and these thoughts as we start um, but i'm not going to really interject too much more because we'd really like to hear what you have to say so
2: um i have a lot of bible scriptures that are going to be coming up too so i hope uh the listeners have brought their bibles oh yes have them
0: oh yes we uh, so do i because we encourage them to have the pen and paper ready to write down the text okay well let's carry on i won't say anything more now um What directions does God give us about work?
2: Okay, well, I'll begin in Colossians 3.22. It says, you are servants who are owned by someone. Obey your owners. Work hard for them all the time. Not just when they're watching you. Work for them as you would for the Lord because you honor God. So when we obey the authority figures in our lives, we're ultimately serving Christ. We're working for him. And you're showing what he is like to your employer. Yes. Or those who work under you. And I find that if I keep in mind that I am working for God then I will enjoy my work and I will do it heartily. Yes. Now, Colossians 3.23, and I'm going to be giving a lot of scriptures here. Amen. It says, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. So we're to do our work well. Yes. And we're to do it for God's sake once again and not man's. Then we have 1 Corinthians 3, Uh I'm sorry, 1031. It yeah. says, Whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatsoever ye do, all do all to the glory of God. So we're not to work to be noticed, yes, but rather that God will be glorified from mm-hmm. the work that we do. And Proverbs 16 3 says, Commit thy works unto the Lord. And thy thought shall be established. So we're yeah. to seek wisdom from God for our work, and He'll help us to figure it out. How many times uh, did I, I? I remember I was doing an after-school program one time for a school. Yes, and I I didn't know what to do with these kids. Sometimes, you know, first we had to begin inside. So what am I going to do with them? What I did was I. What I did was I, pardon me, I have to get up and move because my phone just told me that I needed a clearer signal.
0: Oh, okay, no so problem. I moved
2: closer to our box here. That's fine. Okay, here we are. Um, so I would tell the students, okay, I want everyone to sit down. We're going to do a craft project. And um, I'd walk up to that cabinet and literally before I opened, it said, Lord, show me what to do. I'd open up that cabinet and every single time I would come up with something and people would ask me, parents, how do you come up with these things? (laughs) I said, it's the Lord helps me. He is my helper. He would help me every single day. I could open up that cabinet and find some things and put them together and they would be something to honor him. Yes. So we have to seek God's wisdom in our work. He's the one who figures it out, not us. But we have to believe that he will do that. Proverbs 18, 9. He also that is slothful in his work is brother to him that is a waster. You know, being lazy is going to cause us to lack what we need when we need it. Then Ephesians 4.28 says, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor or work, working with his hands, the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth." So we're to work for things that we get. We're not to steal them or expect them to come to us free. We're to do our best. Paul was a tent maker. And when he was not um, preaching, he had to still do things to um, provide for himself. 2 Thessalonians 3.10 For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. So everyone should work for their food in some way. First
0: yeah.
2: um, Corinthians 15:10, "But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. So his laboring, was given to him by the grace of God. He was yes. able to do it through the power of God. Amen. So he labored for souls, and we're to labor for souls as well. Yes. And we're also to expect our strength to come from God. Yes. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and you shared this, and I will give you rest. So again, we need rest from work yes. mentally, physically, and spiritually spiritually. Yeah. First Thessalonians 11. And that ye study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. So we're to stick to our own business and we're to do our own work. We're not to yeah. be busybodies in other people's or worrying about how they're doing their work. For everyone is watching us if we claim to be Christ, yes. you know, if we're here. So we have to learn to keep our minds on what God has given us to do and let others observe and let them follow our example.
0: Yes.
2: Galatians 6 4 and 5. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden, so we're not to expect others to do our work for us. Yeah. We're to do our own work, and as we do that work, we can have a rejoicing, a satisfaction, to see it complete. You know, I'm an artist, and when I would paint pictures, you know, and um, I did some paintings actually for the White Estate, you yeah. know, and I did a lot of things, and yeah. and as I did these paintings. Um, you know i i could glory in god realizing that he had used my hands these finite hands yeah. you know what i'm saying that god had put his hands in and when i was done i could grab my mouth and go gasp and go wow god look what you did yeah. i know you did that cuz i could never have done it and he is just so amazing what he Amen. will do with us and through us when we truly believe and commit our work to him. Yes. Proverbs 14 23 says, in the labor, in all labor there is profit, but the talk of the lips tendeth only to penury. So when we waste our time talking and not working, <laughs> it it will tend to, you know, working has a reward, but, yes. but penury Poverty, extreme poverty. So passing the time talking will lead to extreme poverty, oh, yes. whereas work will give us a reward. 1 Corinthians 16, 14. Let all your things be done with charity. What is charity? It's a godlike love. It's yes. a God love. So do your work out of love. Let that be the motivation. Let God work through you. And then it becomes true charity. Proverbs 21, 5. The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness, but of everyone that is hasty only to want. You know, we've got to be diligent, even in our thinking and in our work, because then if we allow God to lead us, we will have plenty but if we're just hasty and and just run out there and try to do something if i just run in the garden and start throwing seeds (laughs) trust me (laughs) i will not have a harvest i might have one here and there but when i really till my soil when i really um make sure that i have good things put into it and then I put the seed in and, and according to the directions, yes. then I can expect to get. In fact, I expect to get something for my work. Yes. So We need to take time and do a thorough work, not thinking that, oh, we'll just do it like this and no one will know. No one will see. You know, eventually you'll see the results and others will see the results as well. So. Um, another one says, he becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand. Yes. Right. But the hand the diligent maketh rich. So when you work hard, you'll have something as a result for it. Yes. And that's what I have to share concerning that question.
0: Yes. Well, I need not add anything to those Bible texts. It's more <laughs> than enough, Sister. Sharon, for people to ponder (laughs) and meditate upon, amen to that excellent. Now then, how has sin affected our work?
2: Well, sin has affected it in so many ways. Work has gone from labor with the hands to the computer and almost all mine nowadays. You know, things are run by computers and Cars are built by computers and, um, you know, just so many things are done so differently. You, now you don't need people to take your tickets. You know, the ticket comes out of, mach- of a machine.
3: Yes.
2: You know, we don't need um, laborers to do all the things that used to be done. They even have vacuum cleaners that you can just program and they will go all over your house and vacuum. I've seen people with them in their homes. I I wonder about that. (laughs) I don't think it's so thorough. (laughs) Um, Then, you know, even at the gas stations or gas pumps, you know, now there's no one that needs to pump your gas anymore. You put your card in and it comes out. Things are just so mechanical now. It has really affected. Uh, The Bible tells us in Genesis 3, 19, and you were sharing this too, in the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till Mm -hmm. thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, from dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. And by the way, you know, that wasn't um, a curse, but it became a reality of, of cause to effect. Yeah, Sin right. being the cause, you know, Adam was made from the dust and he was going to return to the dust. Someone made him. There was work involved in that. Right. I like to tell people, you know, and God made Adam. He didn't just form a, a body out of clay like I have, you know, as an artist. But he was making Every minute thing from veins and and cells and, you know, uh, glands and skin and everything. He was making all of that. And then he was setting laws in place that, you know, just like when a man makes a machine, yes, when man. this happens, it's going to cause that to happen. So he put laws in the body so that that... Machinery that that flesh machinery would work according to his laws, you know you have to drink water to keep it going, just like you have to put gas in in a car to right. keep it running and to lubricate, you know, so there were laws that were set in place, you know he was a great worker, and you know here Adam was made from that dust, he would return to the dust, and guess what he had to labor in the dust for his food. Yes in order to eat bread now so so god gave a lesson as well man was originally a garden and he continued after sin to labor in the fields you know as well as you know to um pick from the orchards but now you know he had to do more uh even with the trees and everything else cain was the firstborn of adam and he was a tiller of the soil after murdering his brother abel he was told that the ground would be cursed. It was no longer going to yield to him. Genesis 4, 9. And God said unto Cain, where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, what hast thou done? The voice of your brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now thou art cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not hence yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. Well, Cain left his family, and later he took a wife, and he had a son that he named Enoch. He built, he's not the same Enoch that walked with God and was taken to heaven. Uh, This Enoch, uh, I mean... Cain built a city and named it after his son, Enoch. They became city dwellers. Remember, the ground was not going to to yield to him anymore, so he left the tilling. Now he was building. And work for him and his posterity seemed to have changed to that of building. I I find it interesting that those who followed Cain's line, that that is without God, they built cities and towers. You know, a tower. God's people appeared to dwell in tents, you know, and they they lived off of the 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 land, and they yes. had sheep and and goats and those sort of things. Um, Adam knew about the wickedness of the city. I mean Abraham, without laboring in the soil, once they built their cities, they became more idle. Those cities became so wicked that that they had to be destroyed, even the ones in Canaan. Um, I mean that were. That, that later um, the, the patriarchs had had uh, traveled to. Yeah, later when the children of Israel entered Canaan, they saw, what did they find? City after city. And some of the people went from a simpler life now to a more complex one yes. by dwelling in the city. You can begin to see a change in the attitude of the people after a time, especially after asking for a king. The king put um, put them to work, and for much of his own gratification, for his gardens and fields and and his needs, um, men were also drafted to the army, and women, you know, they were working the fields. People in debt sometimes sold their children into slavery. They had to work for landowners, et cetera, yes, well. and uh, all, all the way you find this to the twentieth century. <laughs> You find children doing adult work. Almost 100 years ago, my mother was taken out of school in the third grade to care for her nieces and nephews due to both um, their parents. It was her older sister. Uh, They both died from tuberculosis. Um, Child labor became very common around the, uh, the turn of the century. and because the families needed more money now to survive had they continued in the simpler life and the country and growing their own food and and you know keeping it simple it, it would not have been so hard to make it of course you had a lot of people coming into the country as well from other countries uh at least in the united states in in um england um Child labor was very common. Yes, it was. And um, and at the age of ten to fifteen, you know, they were gainful workers. You know, they made a lot at that time. These children comprised six percent of the labor force in England. Um, there were no national laws that that governed child labor. Nope. And while some states enacted and enforced such laws, most did not. By 1999. Federal and state laws began to regulate child labor, and they couldn't work full-time under the age of 16. Um, A new term came up, too, workaholics. (laughs) That was coined, uh, referring to people who spend a lot of time on work activities. They're preoccupied with work, even outside of working hours. They work more than what is expected of them to finish their task. Uh, Well, there's a lot of things that cause this internal pressure as well as external. Um, For example, um, other research found that external factors such as acknowledgements from others or avoidance of criticism can reinforce it. Uh, According to Healthline, they said putting in long hours at the work office even when not needed. This is how it's uh, managed. Losing sleep to engage in work activities or finish tasks. Being obsessed with work-related success. Having intense fear of failure at work. Being paranoid about work-related performance. Disintegrating personal relationships because of work. You know, families suffering. uh, Relationships suffering. Having a defensive attitude towards others about their work you know this is my work you know and (laughs) not wanting others using work as a way to avoid relationships you know some of them you know i'm busy i'm busy because they don't they don't want to engage with people or come into a a, a closer relationship even a romantic one working to avoid dealing with crises like death Divorce or financial trouble—they think that that will be the key. Yeah. Whatever the reason, you can sh- certainly be sure that it's going to affect the family. Yeah, so, yeah. how does a lack of work activity affect your body? When the body's inactive, the blood flows sluggishly. The muscles will decrease in size, just like when you put when a cast is put on a broken arm. Um, also, physical exercise and, and the free use of air and sunlight, these blessings, you know, from heaven, um, God has given to us. And when we stay inside and we don't go out outside, um, we, we don't receive that blessing, that life-giving strength. Um, if, if many invalids had it, they would recover. Yes. Uh, work is a blessing, not a curse. Amen. Even through COVID, it would have been a blessing to put people outside in the fresh air. And, uh, you know, even if they were to uh, engage in something so simple out there, what a blessing, not a curse. Diligent labor keeps many young minds and old minds from the snares of of the enemy um, because he will find some mischief for idle hands to do. Yes. So we're not to be ashamed of work, of no. honest toil. That's ennobling. Um, while the hands are engaged in most common things, the mind is to be filled with high and holy thoughts. It's so much easier. Well, that's what I have to say about that, dear yes, yes. John. Well,
0: I'm into that. Again, there's nothing more for me to add. Um, comprehensively covered. So now then... What reform is needed with work?
2: Well, we'll go to Colossians three twenty three and 24 one more time. Yes. Whatsoever ye do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not to men, Amen. knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. Matthew 20, you know, it shares this, um, this parable, and I'm going to read it from the NLT because it uses the word work. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early one morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay the normal daily wage and sent them out to work. At nine o'clock in the morning, he was passing through the marketplace. And some were, some people, uh, and saw some people standing around doing nothing. So he hired them, telling them that he would pay them whatever was right at the end of the day. So they went to work in the vineyard at noon and again at three o'clock. He did the same thing. At five o'clock that afternoon, he was in town again and saw more people standing around. He asked them, Why haven't you been working today? They replied, because no one hired us. The landowner told them, then go out and join the others in my vineyard. That evening, he told the foreman to call the workers and paid them, beginning with the last workers first. Then those hired at five were paid and each received a full day's wage. When those hired came, To get their pay, they assumed they would receive more. But they too were paid a day's wage. When they received their pay, they protested the owner. Those people worked only one hour, and yet you paid them just as much as you paid us, who worked all day in the scorching heat. He answered one of them Friend, I haven't been unfair. Didn't you agree to work? all day for the usual wage? Take your money and go. I want to to pay this last worker the same as you. Is it against the law for me to do what I want with my money? Should you be jealous because I am kind to others? So those who are last now will be first then, and those who are first will be last. You know, we have to keep in mind that we're not to worry about what others do. We need to work. Yes. And that's simply what God has given to us to do. And, you know, that's a work for others to know about Jesus as well. Yes. That they may be acquainted with the peace that he has given to us. And we should have that peace if we labor for him. Revelation 22.2, I want us to keep in mind. And behold, I come quickly. And my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. You know, he is speaking very much of a spiritual work. But it in, it, it is going to and. Um, bald all work you know whatever we did we did it heartily to the lord yes. colossians 3 says and whatsoever you do do it heartily <laughs> and i just wanted to share that one more time yes. proverbs ten five: he that gathereth in summer is a wise son but he that sleepeth in harvest is the cause of shame you know priorities have to be put in order yeah. That's one of the things we have to do. We have to put our priorities in order, and we have to ask ourselves certain questions. Does my work provide for my needs? Will it? Does it provide for my family's needs? Is it taking away from their peace? And I'm not saying just you know maybe a jealous wife, um, just simply uh, wanting to control or 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 be simply the forefront but this is this is speaking of those who have wisely chosen a mate
0: yes yeah
2: that that, um you know we have to consider them as well in in our choices of job is our job going to take us away from the family so that that one is left to Raise the children. One is too tired to do uh, to have family worship. One is overworked and uh, doesn't feel like eating after oh. <laughs> maybe a wife has done all these things and made a meal as well, and they're just like, "Oh, I already grabbed something on the way home." You know, <laughs> um, oh, there are a yeah. lot of things considered that you you consider about the other, and oh. um, priorities have to be. All about will my work honor God? When we consider our families, when we consider um, our parents, even you know, as they're aging, you know, all of these things have to be thought about. Well, can I provide a home, a home for my my um, my bride? You know, and when we have children, yes. you know, am I going to be able to have transportation for them? Will I be able to? Provide you know the food and things, but not only that will I have something for my neighbor who knocks at the door at midnight, yes. so to speak, <laughs> yes. you know are we going to be able to, to take care of them as well? so that's uh, what I wanted to share about that
0: yes, well, thank you, sister Sharon, and I'd also like to share um, again and um well Exodus chapter twenty verses nine to eleven. Because the Bible says, six days shalt thou labour and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the, Lord, of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son nor thy daughter, thy man servant nor thy maid servant nor thy cattle nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day." And handled it, and I just thought that you know another reform. Well, one of the most important reforms that's needed, in harmony with what you said, is Sabbath reform. You see, because many many people are are just working away, exactly doing all the things that you have spoken of, and trampling on the seventh day Sabbath. Their work is first. Work is first, and that Sabbath rest is what's needed, as you said, to bring the family together, to spend time nurturing relationships with husband and wife, you know, um, parents and children, brethren, you see. and But yet, it's as it says in, uh, in Isaiah, basically, chapter 58, verses 13 to 14, the Lord says, If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honourable. And shall honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words. Then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord, delight thyself in the Lord, sorry, and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth, and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. And listeners in all the areas that Sister Sharon has spoken of with with, with work reform, this especially once once we are faithfully keeping God's Sabbath and, and give him the time that he asks us to give him, then all the issues that Sister Sharon has spoken of will be resolved, you see, because that's the crowning day of the week. You see? Amen. And um so um so I just thought to interject that as well as I was studying this. And um so these are things for you to study about. Sister Sharon has so clearly pointed out Many of the social issues that many of you may be going through and we're directing you to Christ and to obedience to his word. And if if we live the simple life that God wants us to, as Sister Sharon shared earlier, city living and complex living is not from God. God's calling us to a simple, loving, pure, but powerful life. And Sister Sharon has shared how even when she was, as as she mentioned, you see, and I'm hoping that you can catch the spirit of the life that the God has led her to. She puts God first, you see, and that's the principle. If you put God first and in a prayerful frame of mind, you'll find that life is so much easier and happier. See? And so, uh, yes, carry on.
2: if, If I can say something, you know, there are a lot of people that have fears Yes. a lot of fears of losing their jobs because of the Sabbath, and I'd yes. like to share a couple of testimonies. Oh yeah, my my father, he did lose his job, um, because of the Sabbath, and it, it meant that he had to change to a different work. My dad had eleven children, right, and you know that was a hard decision, but I will tell you this. My father trusted in God and he moved according to what God had shared with him. Yes. You know, through time, he never recovered fully about his, uh, um, you know, having enough money after that. Yeah. And my mother went to work, you know, after the, the youngest was, was uh, you know, older now. And uh, she went to work and he went to work, but, you know, they lost their house. They had to rent after that. Yeah. They rented. But let me tell you something. My father decided he was going to move from the San Fernando Valley to Altadena because he wanted us closer to our church. Yes. Because he, he could see us starting to move away from God. And I, I was one. And, you know, my, my parents moved to pass Altadena. They rented a house. And they went through. Um, they went through an agency,
3: yes.
2: and one day, this was a seven-bedroom house now. And one day, the owner contacted my parents through the agency and said, "I would like to meet you." My parents went to the place where they were and where she lived, and it was in a very wealthy neighborhood. Yes. And the lady um, met my parents for the first time and said, Mr. Pyburn, the Lord has impressed me that I am to give you my house. You could not. And she gave my parents that house, lock, stock, and barrel. Amen. They owe nothing on it. And even after my dad passed some years later, my mother was able to sell that house and move out to the country near my brother. And she was able to pay cash for that house. And I'm telling you, I have seen God work in the most powerful ways when it came to doing what God said to do and putting him first. My mother worked a job and they decided that they wanted her to work on Sabbath. And my mother said, I cannot do that. And they said, well, uh, if you don't do it, you're going to have to be fired. And my mother said, well, I guess you have to fire me. And so my mother was dismissed and she went home. Yes. I'll tell you, a day or two later, she got a phone call. Pi, you come on back and you can keep your Sabbath because you are a good worker. Amen. And, you know, that's key. We have to do the best at what we do. If we do it as unto the Lord, others will take notice of it. They knew that nobody worked as hard as my mother and as well as she did. And so they were willing to bend their rules so that my mother could have a job back there again. And you know, the Lord's hand is not slack, He can keep His promises. And if we do what you read in um, In Isaiah 58, 13 and 14 You know, he has promised yes. That he will do all these things for us If we turn our foot away from the Sabbath So I'm so glad that you brought that out
0: Yes, amen to that You know, we've basically um, we've, we've all Really covered also How we can practically carry out the reform Which is basically The question five of his moved into it Which is simply to do what God's will is isn't it sister Sharon basically that's really what it is listeners you know and sister Sharon has given her own personal testimony because you know there are many who are listening or who may be listening who who might read God's word but who are fearful to carry out God's word who have never had experimental Mm -hmm. religion you see the law says taste and see that I'm good God wants us to test him you see Absolutely, and because that. How are you going to know that God's word is true unless you take Him at His word and test Him? And Sister Sharon has shared how her both her her dad and her mum that they tested the Lord and He came through for them all the
2: time. Amen.
0: See, and that's that's our testimony. That's hers and that's mine. That's the, even the whole reason why this radio station exists, because we, we went forward by faith and the Lord has brought it into existence. And you're receiving the blessing. Mm-hmm because we've gone forward carrying out God's worth, word work, I should say, by faith. So, Sister Shannon, I don't know if you've got any more thoughts before we have a break for some music.
2: I will give some closing thoughts.
0: Okay, what I'll do, I'll have a break for some music and then we'll come back with some closing thoughts. Okay.
2: Thank you.
3: Jesus Ooh mm-hmm.
0: Working as God directs, Sister Shang, can we have some closing thoughts, please?
2: Yes. One of the closing thoughts I wanted to give is, you know, parents begin early with your children. You know, we little toddlers can even be taught to put little playthings away. We, I would take my son's hands and I would have him pick up his little toys. And put them in the place that they belong. And um, also, you know, I, I to this very day he keeps a tidy place because I taught him when he was young. You know, it wasn't in any hard way. I made it fun for him. And uh, mothers shouldn't be picking up what their children are able to pick up. You're teaching them to work early. And when they're done with one item, you know. Don't bring out it. Let them bring out a new one until they put the old one away. And, and, you know, your older children can be given little responsibilities, little cleaning things in the home. There's no need for a home to be messy. Um, when you have children, it's not just one person there or two people there, but maybe you have two or three children that can help. Also, I wanted to share that God has promised wisdom. In all these things. We can bank on it. Where do we begin? Always with God seeking his wisdom. James 1, 5 through 8 says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and afraid it not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea Driven with the wind and toss. But let not that man think he shall ask any receive anything of the Lord. A double minded man is unstable in all his ways. So God wants us to expect wisdom. And how is he going to give it to us? Liberally. He is going to give us exactly what we need and when we need it.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, Sister Sharon, should we have the closing prayer for this evening?
2: Okay. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for being with us. As we asked you, we believe, dear Lord, that you have promised to be with us when we invite your presence. And Lord, I'm asking that you be with every listener that is heard. And may we take these things to heart. Dear Lord, you have a work for us to do even now. And that work is to share Jesus with everyone. And Lord, as brought out by dear brother John, the Sabbath is a part of that. There is a rest from work. And also, dear Lord, there is a peace and a joy that comes from obeying you. Please be with every listener, parents, even children. And I pray, dear God, that we take these things to heart. Bless us, Lord, until the next week. I thank you once again for the opportunity of sharing in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Sister Sharon, thank you very much for joining us on Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. Listeners, if you have any questions or if you would like more information, please send an email to inquiries at wildernesspublications.org you can send a text message to 07944 062786. You can also listen to and download our radio show podcasts at https colon forward slash forward slash voice dash in dash z dash wilderness dot podcast page dot forward slash. If you'd like to support Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio financially, then please send your donation through our website at vitwradio.org. Click on the page called About Us. You can donate to us there. On next week's program, we will discuss what is true recreation. Well, that's it for tonight. Good night, listeners, and God bless. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week.